When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at Chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. A listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast in which we tackle what is happening around the world. Every week we choose something, a scenario that is transpiring somewhere, and this gentleman breaks it down for you, Dr. Keith Souter. He's a renowned specialist on international politics. He's been a commentator in Australian media for many, many decades. Sorry, Keith, not to you know, make you out to be the oldest person in Australia or anything, but you know your stuff is what I'm essentially getting at. A couple of PhDs. My name is Kate Mack. We've worked together for a number of years. Keith, today we're talking about China, who just seem to be dominating international headlines and have for a while, rotting from the inside. Now, this is not just us <laughs> putting our negative thoughts and aspersions onto them, but they do seem to be imploding. Yeah, this is a remarkable article. So it's from a, a magazine in the United States called Palladium, and it talks about the triumph and terror of Wang Huning. Now, Wang Huning is an advisor to Chinese leaders. You see him in a lot of photographs of the Chinese leader meeting American presidents over the years. He never gives foreign interviews. He's very much a person behind the scenes and is probably one of the most important Chinese figures in current history. So this is a guy who's super brilliant, went straight to doing a master's degree. He didn't even bother doing a, a bachelor's degree at university. They just let him straight in. And then he has been wrestling with the, a really big issue for the Chinese, which is my, this is my language, is China rotting away from the inside. So we in Australia have a very high regard for the Chinese economic growth and how they've modernised the country, this fellow is saying, yes, but it is coming at a huge social and cultural cost. And so back in 1988, he wrote an essay talking about how the Chinese, so remember this is just a decade into this revolution that we've had beginning with Deng Xiaoping, where we've seen China emerge from squalor into being one of the richest countries in the world. And just a decade into that revolution, he said, look, we're spending so much time focusing on economics and systems and institutions, what he calls the hardware. He says, we've also got to pay attention to the software. So there's a culture, values and attitudes that underpin Chinese society. And the American Political Studies Association recognising him as one of the rising stars in China, 
invited this guy who was a full professor at the age of 30 uh, to go across and, and reside in the United States for several months uh, on an American scholarship because they could see that clearly this is a guy to watch. And this is at the time when he was still willing to talk to foreigners. He just travelled around America and was horrified at what he saw. Um, so he wrote a, a, a best-selling book in for the Chinese market, America Against America. This was in 1991. So we're talking about 30 years ago. And he looks at how you've got homeless people living just outside the White House, out-of-control drug crime in poor black neighbourhoods in New York and San Francisco, corporations that um, really seem to run the country rather than politicians. And he argued that America faces an unstoppable undercurrent of crisis produced by a variety of contradictions. So he, back 30 years ago, was foreshadowing some of the issues that Donald Trump mobilised so well for his campaign four years ago for the presidency by looking at the, the growth of this uh, underclass, the gap between the rich and the poor. The problem is, of course, Trump didn't do anything about these problems, but he certainly was brilliant at highlighting them. But this Chinese scholar had said 30 years ago that America had huge problems and, in a sense, was writing a book to warn the Chinese, saying, look, I've been to the future, it's called the United States, and we've got to be careful. We don't want to end up like the Americans and so what we've seen now in China, this guy has become increasingly influential and he is um, now having um, a huge impact on someone like Xi Jinping, who is undergoing his own, if you like, cultural revolution within China. It's a really remarkable article on the power of ideas. We don't tend to take our ideas too seriously. We are, as he warns us, in a Western society. We're individualistic, we're consumer-driven, uh, very materialistic, which, of course, is a characteristic of Marxist society as well. And he's saying, look, we in China, we have a culture which goes back 5,000 years. If we're not careful, we're going to end up with the same sort of problems that the Americans have got. If we're going to proceed with our economic growth, we've got to be very careful how we do it. And it's interesting as well, because being a socialist country, you know, they are embracing us so much in terms of moving forward and becoming capitalist. But as you say, within caution, because that can completely change the fabric of society. It is. Yeah. And in fact, what we're seeing already is the growth of these sort of young capitalists who flaunt their wealth. So they, they're the ones. It's interesting that at the moment, the world's biggest market for luxury goods is Japan. And shortly, in the next few months or years, China will become the largest market for Lamborghinis and uh, all those other fashionable French goods and perfumes, etc. And just to interrupt for a second, I just quickly, while you were talking then, I was thinking back to their family values as well in that you know, you've got the government now trying to promote them to have more children, for example, because they've had the one-child policy in play for so many decades. Now, live, you know, it's relaxed that because they've got an ageing population. But no one's interested. No, no, they'd much rather go out and buy a Lamborghini. Who wants to be a parent? Children are a cost centre. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> children are a cost centre. They're going to uh, hold you back. Uh, you can have a much better apartment if you're not having to spend on children and children's education and all the rest of it. 
And so President Xi is saying, yep, this guy's on to something. We've got to be very careful. So there's this crackdown on some of the big movie personalities in China. They just disappear. They've been disappearing in recent months. They're not disappearing in the sense of being shot. It's not like the old Soviet Union. It's just they, they simply lose access to their social media, and the word goes out they're not to appear in mainstream media. Jack Ma, who's one of the richest business people in the world, disappeared. I think he's now reappeared in Hong Kong, but he was shut down for several months because he was seen as contradicting the government. For me, it's fascinating because you've really got two ways of dealing with this sudden upsurge of wealth. One is the American one, which which enables people to develop rapidly, looking out for number one. If you are a successful person in the US, you end up very rich. Otherwise, you have the right to be poor and die in the gutter. The Chinese approach is to say, yes, we are going to get richer, but we're going to have a strong government to make sure that we can clamp down on the excesses of wealth. And that's what's beginning to happen. And the guy who's the intellectual architect about this is this uh, Wang Huming. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking today about, it's, I mean, I guess it's a strong word, my own word that I used at the beginning about their implosion. It's not really an implosion, but it's like this cultural sort of crossroads they've come to, Keith, isn't it, where they are getting richer, but they want to keep their morals intact. And so they look at places like the Western world, America particularly, but, you know, it happens everywhere. In Australia, it's wife as well. And they look at the impact that, you know, social influencing has. We've got people that make a lot of money by posing in bikinis on Instagram, for example, and they don't want to become like that. So they're, you know, it's, it's, it's such a fine line to walk, though. Well, it is, yeah. And what the Chinese government is doing is saying, we know what's best for the country, right? So in the Western tradition, we are individualists. So we look out for number one. I'm not worried about the future of Australia. I'm just worried about myself. And you see that, of course, in the whole vaccination issue at the moment. People are saying, I'm not worried about the wider community. I don't like vaccines, so I'm just not going to get vaccinated. That's the libertarian approach. That's the individualistic approach. What the Chinese are saying under um, President Xi and Huang Huming is that what you can do is you just have tight control over society. And so this is why President Xi is now talking about common prosperity. He wants to avoid having high-profile individuals flaunting their wealth. So there's a crackdown on that, a crackdown on Western values, on Korean boy bands, on effeminate Chinese men. We only want to have strong agro males. We don't want to have any of those um, people coming in from outside or a bit odd in one way or another. So it, it's for me, it's fascinating because it, there are these two contrasting approaches. And Australia, of course, is becoming a more authoritarian society without admitting it, you know, just simply the way that we've controlled the epidemic, for example, of COVID. We have become more authoritarian. We're sliding towards China, whereas China is saying quite explicitly we're going to be an, an authoritarian society. We're doing this to maintain social harmony because the Chinese have this deep-seated fear of a breakdown of social harmony and the resulting chaos, and that's when foreign powers then take over the country, et cetera. So they have a tribal memory of instability 
and social disunity. And so they're willing to accept a high degree of social control. We've looked at that in terms of facial recognition technology and all the rest of it. They, they accept all of this. That's the price they have to pay. And President Xi is saying we're now going to go beyond that now to clamp down on any of these deviances that are coming in from the West. We don't want that to happen. We're going to purify our society. So it's a whole new cultural revolution that is underway at the moment in China. And one of the intellectual leaders of that is this Wang Ning, who, as I say, doesn't give any foreign interviews now. He's just cut himself off. Uh, he doesn't communicate very well to his own people and doesn't communicate at all to foreigners, but is clearly one of the intellectual architects of this new era into which China is emerging. It's interesting as well, Keith, the Chinese are being tempted by all these freedoms and sort of access to the outside world and then the government trying to clamp down on them again now. Are they like, I'm trying to put my head into the space of the Chinese population. They are so used to being controlled. So are they likely to put up a fight about this or is there likely to be resistance or pushing back against the government? No, I don't think there is going to be resistance. I think that, as you say, they, they are used to being controlled. They can look at their own television and they can see what's happening in the United States where you have um, individualism and you have greed and you have people who just are looking out for themselves and they, they certainly see the lifestyles of the rich and famous, but they also see deindustrialization rural decay, out-of-control asset prices, which is a problem which China has now just got in its real estate market, chronic unemployment, addiction, homelessness. And they're saying, in effect, we don't want to end up like America. So if it means that we're going to have restricted freedom, that's fine. We do not want to end up like America. And therefore, we do not want to accept Hollywood values. They've got their own flourishing film industry whether it's the Chinese who saved the world rather than uh, Western men. So for me, it's it's fascinating that, that we've got this um, going on at the moment. And he identified this problem 30 years ago and now has the ear of Chinese leaders in terms of trying to avoid Chinese society following on the American model and ending up rotting from the inside. So as I say, we get this picture generally of, China ploughing ahead with more wealth and, and all the rest of it. But if it's got a, a rotten core, then, in fact, China will have problems. And that's what Wang Qiuming is saying. We have to pay attention to our values, to respect for society, to respect, respect for older people. These are Confucian ideas. That goes back thousands of years. And we just have to avoid being taken over by Western thinking, greed and materialism, which is why some of their leading film stars, et cetera, just suddenly just disappear. As I say, they're not being shot. They're just being removed from the public eye because they're bad role models. I would have thought that the Chinese society, I mean, you can only suppress the way wealth comes across to a certain degree because it is. it does look enticing. It's fast cars. It's designer bags. It's eating at great restaurants. It's spending and shopping. It's frivolous, yes, but... How do you take away with that temptation kick? That's what I find I don't understand. Like, yeah. surely the, the Chinese government can't make that look less appealing than it is to most people. Well, what they can do, of course, is to continue to publicise the problems within America. Yes. And that's the warning. Follow our way of running things, otherwise you'll end up like America. Remember, this was the problem which we, which we now know about, that um, with the chaos following the last presidential election, 
the head of the U.S. military had to speak to the head of the U.S. Chinese uh, military authority by saying, look, what's going on in America is the way that we do things. We're challenging the election results. We've got a president who's refusing to leave office. But don't worry, there'll be no surprise attack on China. Just leave it to we Americans to try to sort this issue out. Because the Chinese were obviously asking, what the hell is going on? You're supposed to be the world's most powerful country, and yet you're so full of chaos. And so in a sense, I think the reasoning is that there's a whole new grand experiment underway whereby people outside, say in India or in Africa, where, the, where they're going to get the next big economic revolution, so they can say, well, do we want to follow the Western example or do we want to follow the Chinese example? So it's a really interesting debate that's going to go on in many other countries as they watch the decay within the United States and also worry perhaps that the Chinese are going to go into their own form of of decay as well. So what does this um, mean for Australia then, all these changes? You know, in China, well, they've always been conservative, but if they're going to keep a lid on that, well, it means that we're not, as everyday people, we can't relate to them as much. No. so that, They're just culturally not like us. That's still. right. So that is that is obviously going to be a problem for us, the whole issue of communicating with the Chinese. And also we've got so many eggs in the China basket that we continue to assume that Chinese growth will continue. Wang Huming is arguing if we're not careful in China, our society will collapse. And that's going to be bad news for the global economy. Global Truths was presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.